Yes, yes, yes. Welcome to Money Making Conversation. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. Each Money Making Conversation talk show is about entrepreneurship and entertainment. I provide the consumer and business owner access to celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For some, it's a sizable paycheck. Mine is helping people wake up and inspiring them to accomplish their goals and live their very best life. These are my passion, and that's what I'm going to do for you. I want you to stop tripping over small challenges and prepare to rise above the bigger obstacles that life will present to you. The Money Making Conversations interviews provide relatable information to the listener about career and financial planning, entrepreneurship, motivation, leadership, overcoming the odds, and how to live a balanced life. Now, you know, I, I can brag about my guests. I can brag about my skill level. But my next guest is one of my favorites. She's my favorite. Okay. My next guest, television writing credits, because a lot of people know I'm a former sitcom writer. Okay. So when I see people who are writing, they have just a body of work that she has. I'm always uh, feel this is a blessed conversation because she has a skill set that's phenomenal. Her producing and writing credits include ABC's Pushing Daisies, ABC's Castle, the CW's Jane Diversion, the Jane Diversion, Marvel Netflix Daredevil. Currently, she is the co-creator, co-showrunner, executive producer for Apple TV Plus new series Home Before Dark, starring. Jim Sturgis, and the amazing Brooklyn Prince. You'll find out why when we start the interview, which has been renewed for a second season. Now, that's all you want in this business is get a renewable. But when you get when you write a series, you produce a series, and before it airs, it gets renewed. That's a blessing. A mystery inspired by the report of a real nine-year-old journalist. The storyline goes like this. When a young girl and her family moved back to the small town her father left behind, her pursuit, meaning the nine-year-old girl, of the truth leads to the unearthing of a long, buried cold case. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, co-creator, co-showrunner, executive producer of Home Before Dark, Dara Resnick. Hi. So was nice that, to be here. Was that a lot? Can you was introduce that, me everywhere I go? Huh? Was it, I'm going to tell you something. Was that a lot? Because, you know, you got a lot going on. You got a, you, you're one of those a lot going on people. And that's impressive. That's impressive. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I, you. That was really incredible. I want you to follow me around everywhere I go. I, with you know, some, with the storylines that you have, that can be written in. <laughs> I, I mean... You know, we do our best to include everything that needs to be included. And like you said, I've been blessed to work on a lot of different kinds of shows. Because that would work. That would definitely work in the Jane the Virgin series. Me following around, introducing you wherever you go. That could definitely work in that Jane the Virgin for sure. Now, when I look at this body of work, you know, it it, first of all, it just shows a range. I see comedy. I see drama. I see action, adventure, sci-fi. And then then we have this new series, series Home Before Dark. If you don't mind, before we get to Home before dog, I I just like to talk about and compliment you on your body of work uh, that you that you put before, and just 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 tell us about your mindset from a creative standpoint when you walk into projects and such a such a level of diverse projects that that I've just presented to the to the listeners on my podcast, Money Making Conversation. Well, I just I I go wherever I'm called. I mean, I know that that sounds overly spiritual probably for, for mm. this conversation, mm. but <laughs> I I really do try to read everything that comes my way and think about whether or not it's the thing that needs to be made or the right. thing that needs to be said at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, so, and also, by the way, sometimes it's just something that I feel passionate about. Obviously, like Daredevil said a lot about justice 
and uh, you know about vigilante justice in particular mm-hmm. and having to work sometimes outside the system. But like ultimately, I was really just excited to work on a Marvel show because I'm a nerd. There you so go. you know, it's it's it, sometimes it's fun and and sometimes there's messaging um, in terms of wh- why I go where I go. That's the reason. And in terms of like why the the different genres and the breadth of the work, one of the things I really love about what we do, and I tell this to my students because they teach at USC and Sundance and a couple other places, I, we can really write ourselves out of any corner. And it's, mm-hmm. it's been sort of the most beautiful part of my career has been this ability to not get pigeonholed into any one thing. It's every time, you know, you think, okay, well, I guess she's a romantic comedy writer. It's right. Like, well, let me show you this dark drama that I just wrote <laughs> and completely change your expectations. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's really is one of the most wonderful things about being a writer is, is being able to have that breath. And it's, it's, it's beautiful. I'm looking at your body work now. Okay. I'm a nerd. Marvel, Netflix. Okay. Daredevil. Uh, my wife I mean, and I, oh, I'm telling you, you, we, we just couldn't wait to, we, and we were binging too. I'm talking about when it started, we didn't stop every time. Now, the star yeah. of the show, Charlie Cox. Okay. Incredible yeah. athlete. Excellent actor, but the fight scenes, though, Dara. Yeah. I mean, and you know, one of my favorite all-time fight scenes was when he was coming down the stairwell. Remember that scene? Oh, incredible! Yeah, that we we used that fight scene, the hallway that that hallway fight scene. I'm talking about the stairwell one in my episode, the the fire escape one. Yeah, the fire escape one. There's the hallway. There's a hallway one in um, the first season, which is incredible. That's right. like a, a one But, but, it didn't, and then but that fire one, escape one, oh my God. No. The fire escape one was really, really fun to shoot. Yeah. And, um, you know, one of the things that was really cool for me was I, I went from shooter, you know, where we ha- only had seven days to shoot uh-huh. our sequences and didn't always feel as safe as it might be. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, and, uh, and then we went, I went to Daredevil and I was really, I mean, that machine is such a, I'm very happy for everybody at Disney Plus who are, who are now, you know, getting to make these new Marvel shows. But mm-hmm. the way that those Marvel Netflix shows was, was run was really quite remarkable. And I, they took such painstaking care to make every single one of those action sequences fun as hell, completely reminiscent of the comics and oh, also yes. really safe for oh, everybody yes. involved. So it was really, it was, it was a, and by the way, I grew up in New York city. So I, I would text like my, my movie nerd friends who I grew up with right. mm-hmm. and be like, I am shooting an action sequence <laughs> on 17th street <laughs> oh, where God. I used to like hang out on the stoop and oh, like, you know, sip, the beers with my friends. You know? Oh my God, that's awesome! You know it, it, the thing about Daredevil, and I and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up okay that the, those two fight scenes were great, and then the fight scene where he had to break out of the prison. Remember that one, of course. Love which it. Was I mean, that's my, my dear friend Iwan Nasruddin wrote wrote that one, and I, I mean he he killed it. That's my favorite sequence in the whole season. Okay, now I'm gonna tell you my favorite scene sequence was when the <laughs> Punisher. You remember when the Punisher was sent in yeah. to kill that guy, and he. He had to, yeah. he came out and realized he had been set up and he had to fight crazy. his way. Yeah. I'm going to tell you something. That was that, the most that was brutal. Bloody, that was bloody as hell. That was great. Come on, dog. That was brutal, but I yeah. loved it. I went, wow. Yeah. I just, yeah. I was tired watching it. I'm like, this guy has to be in incredible shape. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. So, so yeah. it's just, it's just the fascination of being able to do work like that, Dar, I I just I'm I'm 
kind of, you know, kind of like wish you could be on your shoulder just watching sometimes because that stuff is so great. I'm a little nerd. I'm sorry. I'm it sorry. was really fun. And you know, the, it really is. It goes back to the thing that I started saying, right? It's like the, the one of the reasons to sign on to a, a Marvel show right. uh-huh. that has that kind of reach is you can actually sort of within that, you can use that as a platform to say whatever you want to say. You can talk about vigilante justice. You can yes. talk about unfairness yes. in the yes. system. You can, and you know that it's actually getting out there in the world as oh. opposed to when I was on I Love Dick. I loved I Love Dick. It was great. But ultimately, I'm pretty sure we were mostly preaching to the choir. I don't think that that feminist message mm-hmm. got much beyond the feminist audience mm-hmm. that, you know, that ended up finding it. So mm-hmm. it, the Marvel shows are really, are really special because of their reach. Well, they're not only special because the the writing, I love the character development, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, the, the, the how you, I remember when he came, he was in the, he was at the bottom, I think at the bottom of that church and just watching him suffer uh, and deal uh, with the pain and uh, I, I guess you're saying this, this dude really did watch the series. It's really, you know, I'm sorry. Oh yeah. No, we, <laughs> we were, and, and everybody on the show like really took such incredible care uh-huh. with the, with the original material. Everybody was, was a deep fan of the material. Everybody read the most recent comics. We, we wanted to make sure that it was something that the deep fans of the show would love, but also be surprised by, right. Like, you know, be influenced by the comics, but not follow them so closely that everybody knew what was coming. Um, yeah, it was a real bummer for everybody when that got canceled, but oh. I was really, why are you going to do that? Dara? Why are you going to do that? You're going to bring up the bad. See, we were going to good. You know, I know it's canceled. You know, I know God, God bless. But oh. I, I really wanted that fourth season for all the folks that stayed. I was very lucky. By then, I had moved on to home before dark. But I had a lot of friends who were still on the show and were really Good. bummed about it. Well, great transition to a, an amazing series that I had the fortune of screening this weekend and um and watching yeah. an amazing nine year old actress called Brooklyn Prince. You know, I you know, yes. am I, you know Dakota Fanning. I thought she was brilliant. You know, watching her yeah. do her thing, yeah. um, and then transitioning through teen, and now as an adult actress, which is always very difficult to do. Um, yeah, I'm looking at this young lady. Tell us about her uh, and the whole casting process to bring her on board. And before we really get into the detail about the series, Home Before Dark, we were very lucky in that we were told that Brooklyn Prince's parents were not that excited about doing a television show mm-hmm. that they, you know, they knew that that was a commitment that they didn't necessarily want to put their kid through because they have a very, they have very nice life in Florida, like as a regular family. And, um, we sort of, the, the woman who brought me the original underlying material said to me, you know, what if we just send it to her and let's just see what happens. And we got them to read it and they and Brooklyn both loved and read the script. And in the meantime, we had been we had been auditioning all of these other kids, and none of them were getting it. Right. I mean, looking back, the idea that we were we decided to do a television show about a nine year old girl without having the said nine year old girl attached <laughs> right. already, right. who we knew could actually handle it, it's sort of a it's crazy that we decided to do that because the show could have been a disaster with right. the wrong kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but we ended up getting her and her father to read with John Chu, our director. Um, on a long distance audition. And the thing that was so remarkable was that Brooklyn and her dad would like correct each other. They had this sort of peer relationship where it was like, Hey dad, you missed the line. And he's like, ah, sorry. And you could see that they really respected each other as colleagues as much as, you know, she's, he's also her father. And that's exactly the same as the real Hildy and her father. They deeply respect each other. They Mm -hmm. have a very peer like relationship. They're almost like, 
you know, crime investigative, like crime partners in a lot of ways. The way that they tell stories is almost like the way like people who've been married for 50 years tell stories. Like, remember when you did the thing in the place? Okay, fine. You tell that part. Oh, no, you got that part wrong. And that's very much Brooklyn and her dad. So we knew that Brooklyn would understand what we were writing in terms of like reflecting the real Hildy. Oh, it's beautiful. Um, it's, it's just a beautiful yeah. um, script. Uh, you know, I, I, the one thing I love about watching creative writing is, you know, the story, watching the story develop, you know. And so, but, but, but before we go into the story, let's talk about the real Hildy. And, yeah. and, and and I saw a social media post where, you know, she had gotten stopped by a police officer, I believe in Arizona. Uh-huh. And then so she videotaped that and then posted it. And then, uh-huh. and then you reach you you po- you made a comment to her on social media and then she said something about she doesn't do any interviews and it was really <laughs> funny watching this little mature girl have this conversation with adults yeah. in a very professional level. Talk about that whole yeah. that whole relationship how I got all kicked off because I was just laughing watching and I, I just watching that whole relationship fall, build itself out on social media and your your interaction. And you are a naturally funny person, Dara. I'm just going to let you oh, know that. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. That's really funny. That's really sweet. I, I mean, so, yeah, she is incredible. She's a tiny warrior. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now she's actually not so tiny anymore. She's a, a like 14, 13, 14 years old. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we met her, she was a tiny warrior. And, you know, one of the things that I actually love about that video that you're talking about, by the way, is that's a great example of like using your privilege right. in a way that other people can't. Um, and I think that even though she's a journalist and she's non-biased, I think she's very aware of that. Mm-hmm. I think that she's aware of what she can and can't do and feels the obligation to re- report on those things specifically because she can. Right. Um, one of the things that she said to us was, you know, one of the, one of her, even though she doesn't like it when people call her a young journalist, she's just a journalist to her. She's also aware that like being a young female white child in America means that people will sort of say and do things around her. They'll let their guard down in a way that they kind of normally wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And that was, I mean, people literally would just confess things to her. You know, she, in her tiny town in Pennsylvania, she uncovered a meth ring. She uncovered a, a vandalism ring. She, <laughs> and, and basically, these were just people who didn't take her seriously mm-hmm. enough to realize that she was going to be essentially handing them straight into the arms of the authorities. <laughs> right, she right, reported right, on right. The story. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, we were really just so taken by her and we were really taken also by, you know, her relationship with her father who was a daily news reporter um, for many, many years, covered homicides in the Bronx and covered Trayvon Martin and covered Newtown. And he got so disillusioned by the news and the clickbait of it all that he left. He left New York. He took his four girls and his wife and brought them to Sealsco, Pennsylvania, back where he was from. And he he could write. He was really depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, he was supposed to be writing a book. And Hildy, who he had taken to all of these crime scenes, was the only one of his four daughters who had been interested in journalism, started riding her bike around Sealsco, Pennsylvania and reporting these very small very truthful stories, including just down the street, a man killed his wife with a hammer and she scooped the local paper of that story. Um, and, and then those, 
the the story went viral and the comments for the story went viral. The comments were awful. They were all about, you know, you're just a little girl. Why aren't you having tea parties? And she's right. like, if you don't like the news, why don't you do something about the right. news? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I le- and that brought Matt, her dad, out of his depression. Right. And it really brought the whole family, shining a light on the truth and reporting just the facts brought the whole family back together. So, I mean, I don't know how you could be not inspired by that story, you know? Well, you know, the thing about it, you can be inspired by a story, but how you develop it and make it and maintain mm-hmm. some level of realness and also entertainment because this is entertainment. Yep. And yep. and then uh, as you built the story out, you know, basically the reason the show worked for me, it really is a parenting show. It's a parenting storyline. It's yep. about it's about a relationship yep. between a coming of age yep. with her, her sister, yep. older sister. You have a marriage that's it's, it's dysfunctional that has to find itself a father, yep. da- father, son. It's a lot of a, B, C, D uh, stories that I felt were really relatable. And, mm-hmm. and it's all centered around this, all centers around this young girl, which is saying, stay true to yourself. Don't let bullying yep. turn you. Don't let the people not understanding you. And even in the story, as we go through, there's some conflict with the dad, you know, because he suddenly wants to become a, a parent. And, yep. and 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 it's really it's really that's what I enjoyed about it, and 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 I never was bored in the whole process, but it was just watching this young lady develop, and then you you guys threw in that little nice little skill set. She has like a photographic memory type. Yeah. And uh, by the way, that's real. That's actually true. The oh, real okay. movie has has that kind of memory, so it was it was an easy thing to throw in there because it was the reality of the of the real kids. Well, I, I, all I want to just say is this, is that, you know, this series, I, you know, I, I recommend in, in all my fans on social media, all my fans, I have a 90,000 um, email fan uh, newsletter that goes out every Friday at 9 a.m. I'm putting it in that. Um, Thank you. I, I, from the very beginning, I fell in love with this young lady, Brooklyn Prince. If you guys know anything about him, just talking to my listeners now, look her up. Uh, she's a bona fide star in this. She cries. Yeah. Oh, she cries <laughs> immediately. She uh, laughs immediately. She controls the scene. She knows how <laughs> to, she knows the level. But uh, throughout, I think the key in this series, she remains a nine, she remains a nine year old child. Dark. That was the key yeah. for me, you know, because sometimes yeah. you get these these kid actors and they go, OK, you, you're an adult. You're not you're not an adult. You're nine it's years precocious. old. Yeah. Right. And I never th- believed that she was not nine years old. She's just a smart yeah. good girl. And I bought the storyline that guess what? You know, she learned these things from following her dad on crime scenes. And yeah. so all the all the layers that you want in the story to bring credibility to stories, you definitely put in there your, your skill as a writer, as a co-creator, as a co-executive producer, the showrunner and all. Excuse me, executive producer and co-showrunner shows out and a brilliant body of work. So so I just want to say before we close. So what happens when you do a series, Dara? And then they renew <laughs> yeah. it. They renew it, Dara, before you even air. Yeah. What runs through your mind? And then you go. Hey, are you, do can you I do tell a, you something? I, uh-huh. I don't even know if I'm, if I'm supposed to say this, but I'll say it anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, we actually got renewed before we were even, I think, officially done with the pilot. Wow. We got re- renewed essentially based on the basis of how the pilot looked like it was turning out and how we had written all the other scripts for the season. So they were judging it based on how the scripts were coming in. Mm-hmm. So 
Yeah, I mean, we were pretty floored. We we were we were. Um, you know, there's those moments where you look around new, and you go, how did I... I'm renewed. Like, I'm renewed. Yeah. I'm renewed. I mean, <laughs> it was even more than even more than I'm renewed, although, yes, absolutely that. It, it was also like, how did I get this lucky? Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, how did I get this lucky to live this life and have this opportunity? Like, holy crap. So... That was really incredible. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, the pandemic happened right in the middle of the second season. <laughs> yes, yes. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, we'll get back to work as soon as it's safe to get back to work. And in the meantime, this has really offered me an opportunity to, to do a bunch of other stuff that I'm really excited about. Right. So, you know. I appreciate, I appreciate you. I, I, I appreciate, I appreciate you, you. Your body of work. We're talking to the, the infamous, I'm going to call her infamous Dara Resnick. You know, she has oh a great God, series. <laughs> I love you, girl. She has a great series <laughs> called Home Before Dark. It stars my man Jim Sturgis. He's the dad of Brooklyn Prince, who is this uh, this this amazing young detective reporter. I can't wait till the, the next season series of shows come because I'm telling you, I started at 10 o'clock on Saturday morning. I finished at 7 o'clock on Saturday night. I I watched it in my office. Then I grabbed me a sandwich in the kitchen with my laptop. Then I finally finished up watching my sprinkler system go off in my front yard on my front porch. It was that good. I'm telling you, Home Before Dark is a body of work that's that's borderline uh, fanatical for me. You know, I'm just, I'm I'm a nerd, so now I'm a fan. Okay, so, Dar, I don't want to hold you any longer. I just want to let you know, thank you for allowing me to compliment you and not only on this body of work, but to share a fantasy. I got to talk to a person who actually created those amazing scenes on Daredevil, which will live with me for the rest of my life. My wife and I, we both enjoyed that series, so she's a fan of your of your work as well. And uh, just keep winning, okay? You too. This is the bright spot I really needed. I, I really, I hope that you're good out there, and I cannot tell you how much I appreciate the support. I appreciate you, and you keep supporting me. And guess what? We're friends now, okay, Dara? You got it. Okay. Me too. Keep winning. Bye bye. <laughs>